I'm just going to come out and say it. Contempt is an affront to God. And unfortunately, contempt is all too common in marriages that kind of get past mm. a certain point. And what is contempt, really? And I heard one definition that I found so convicting and compelling and clear, and it is that contempt is a mixture between anger and disgust. Mm. And so when we start to feel angry and, and disgusted with our spouse, that is a big, a big issue. And in fact, the Gottmans, who are very smart people, they call it one of the four horsemen of a relationship, meaning that's like the apocalypse of a relationship. And so this whole episode is really dedicated to looking at where does this attitude of contempt come from? Right. What is contempt? What does it look like in our marriage? And how can we start right. seeing those seeds and uprooting them? Uh, because it's so easy for us to like have a thought and just sweep it on the carpet. Ah, no big deal. But then when those thoughts start taking habit right. and they're consistent in our minds and where that goes. so And I'll contend that contempt is really the result of not seeing and, and understanding the truths of who God is and who he's called us to be and, and how he's created us, both as men and women, as husbands and wives and what he's called us into. It's when we disbelieve or misbelieve that truth somehow that then we have the, the fertile ground for seeds of contempt. Mm-hmm. So we're going to look clearly what are some of the signs and seeds but anyway i think it'll be a good conversation so we'll see you on the other side welcome to the fierce marriage podcast where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage sex communication finances priorities purpose and everything in between laugh ponder and join in on candid gospel-centered conversations this is fierce marriage So I came out swinging in this episode saying that contempt is an affront to God. And I absolutely mean that. It is like throwing something in his face. And and the reason I say that is because he has made, created us in his image. We're going to read from Genesis 1, that the, the fullness of that passage, being created male and female in his image, he created them. And what that means for us in terms of being human. Right. But also it is an affront to God in that it we take a position of self-righteousness toward another. Right. So uh, I, I think it's important at this stage to kind of look at uh, our relationship and other relationships and, and kind of ask ourselves, where have we been and why are we here? And, right. and lots of times a relationship, I know when we first met, we were in high school, we kind of Twitter pages, started dating, got engaged, got married. It was all very romantic, very kind of whirlwind. I mean, it took four years to get to that point of being <laughs> married. But it was all very amazing and, yeah. and lots of feelings going on there. Yeah. And... And then at some point, it's like that kind of levels out, for right. better or worse. Your battles, be- they, they become different, right? It's it's not so much about um, overcoming our differences or anything. It's more about, like, how do we not allow familiarity to breed contempt, right? Yeah. Yeah. And wh- how do we recognize the seeds of contempt, contempt when they are in there and they start taking root? And yeah. how do we pluck those out long before uh, that becomes our reality? So good. So before we get into it more, let's just start with um, thanking you, our listeners, our raters and reviewers. If you've already done, if you've already left a rating and review, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is the currency that we Mm. uh, operate in. So if you haven't done that, we would encourage you and ask you to please hit a rating, leave a quick review so that others can find us and get the word out there about God, marriage, the gospel, all that. Speaking of getting the word out, I wanted to share this one specific review in in the spirit of letting you know kind of what God is doing and mm. maybe 
inspiring you to jump on board, mm-hmm. right? So somebody wrote in and they said, as a new mom and basically a new wife going on two years, this podcast has radically changed the way I see my husband and my marriage. I now ask myself, what does the Bible say about this issue? Um, awesome. Like I couldn't Sorry. think of a, yeah, I couldn't <laughs> awesome. think of a better like uh, <laughs> outcome of of this than right. for some for some of our, some of our listeners to to ask themselves what does the bible say about this issue as opposed to just kind of doing what right. comes to naturally yep. and she says i've listened to every episode and now i crave more anxiously waiting for a new episode on tuesdays so um yeah you guys this this is the impact right and not right. And not that it's because of ryan selena it's because of god's word it's because of the gospel it's yeah. because of the truth that it is and our and i think i'm just so we were praying beforehand and i just feel so honored and blessed to be kind of grafted into this mission that God is mm. about that he is doing. And we're just like playing this small, tiny role in this little corner of the internet. So anyway, if you want to be a part of all of that, um, you can do that by joining arms with us on patreon.com slash fierce marriage. That's P A T R E O N.com slash fierce marriage. We just actually pray about it. And if God leads you that you jump on board, there are benefits to being a part of that. You can get there and look at some of those books, rings, all free, all that kind of stuff. But more than anything, you're just locking arms. Right. That was longer than usual. That's fine. I don't think there's any bigger like compliment, um, mm. other than like, I'm knowing Jesus more, but you are knowing God right through his word. But like, what does right. the Bible say about right. this? Like that's, I think that's one of our biggest hopes in this podcast is pointing you to Jesus, pointing you to the gospel, pointing you to his word yeah, and, and drawing those lines clearly to the truths and tangibility of, of dealing with our marriage and the battles that we face mm. as, as broken sinners living in light of the gospel. And so, yeah, may we be a people that just never grow tired mm. of rehashing and reinvigorating our understanding of what the gospel is and what yeah. it means. May we never grow tired of that. Yeah. I think you had said this beforehand when, when we were doing this, we were writing some of this stuff down. You said, we'll never move past the gospel. You're like, if, if we ever think we've moved past it, I think that's a dead giveaway that we need it <laughs> because yeah. It is like the very it's so good. It's the very like crux of our existence. Yes, I want to wrap my head around like all of the Bible. Lately, it's just been this huge wave of just overwhelming truth yeah. and goodness. And it's not mm. always like that. Again, there are seasons of just feeling like I just need to read the Bible and have it be a, an authority to me, and I need to submit it. Feelings and emotions are not there. Yeah. It's not you know the stars are not quite aligning in terms of like how I'm feeling my attitude towards Mm. God's word. That's let's just be honest. But man, when it, when it does take root and it does start to flourish, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's much more motivating to get into his word and know him. So speaking of getting in the word, where are we going today? I want to kind of do a, uh, I want to have a roadmap for where we're headed. We are going to talk through um, Genesis one a little bit. We're going to talk through Ephesians four, mm-hmm. not in their entirety. Okay. But we're going to, we're going to look at the themes there. Then we're going to talk about what in, in contempt is. Right. In light and based on the Gottman's research and the Gottman's are a research group that, um, out of Seattle, which is mm-hmm. close to where we live. And so then they've been doing it for four decades now. So they're really smart people. It's not gospel centered, <laughs> but they are smart. And it's funny how, Smart people end up finding good truths that are already rooted in the gospel. Isn't right. that crazy? Right, right. Um, and then we're going to talk through the symptoms, seeds, and signs of contempt. 
and specifically look through how to combat contempt with some tangible tools. Yes. So that's where we're headed. We also are going to go into Romans 8 a little bit, too, oh. which I really like Romans, so I didn't want it to get overlooked. Romans 8 is one, one of those hallmark chapters good of ones. the Bible. It's a good it's one. Good, it yeah. is full of good stuff. And last week we talked about like loving your spouse through your mind and your thoughts. And then I was like, did we mention Romans 8 last week? Because it's all about that. And we didn't. You know, it's just one mm. of those humble moments of, ooh. <laughs> so buckle up, folks. It's gonna be, we're going to do all that in the next 35 minutes or less. <laughs> or less. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Let's read through Genesis 1 Okay. First. I would love to do that because I love that. I love that. Yeah, why don't you read that cell? It's Genesis uh, verse- 1, 26. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. 26 to 28. <laughs> go. <laughs> then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock stock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fulfill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So again, okay, clearly a lot is happening in these three verses, uh, including like the first kind of command to Adam and Eve as a couple, therefore what, how we should apply that as couples yes. kind of commissioned into this, this similar cause. But we, we're really going to focus on the first part of this is when God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. This is our foundational. It's absolutely foundational verse. in verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Okay. That's worth repeating, apparently. <laughs> okay. Having Male its own and verse. female, he <laughs> yes. created them. So there's, we've repeated this. They're in his image twice. Now, male and female, he created them. Now, think about it. God could, could have created man in any image. After any likeness, mm. why did he choose his own? And I mean, I'm asking this question kind of on the fly. We haven't talked. I was like, this. I don't know how to answer that right now. <laughs> Are you asking but me? But why would he do that? Right. Listener, think through that. Why would he do that? He could have created us in the image of birds. He right. could have created us in the image of just some other random creation and just said, and, and instead he's. And he's overtly, explicitly telling us that you are created in my image, mm-hmm. a reflection of who I am, a, an imprint mm. of who I am, like a, an impression. Car- yeah, it carries of who a I lot am. of value. It carries a lot of That's it. wonder. It carries a lot of authority too, right? In terms mm. of like how God has asked us to steward this world that we're living in, which is a whole nother topic, but we're at a crossroads right Mm -hmm. now. We are at a crossroads right now with this conversation because this, depending on your worldview, and I mean within Christianity, Mm -hmm. okay, because not all Christian worldviews are created equal. So depending on how you view this passage is going to determine where we go with this conversation. Mm. So God created man in his image. Why? Okay. You had mentioned it's because we're valuable. Uh, he's wanted to in, in, uh, kind of build into us value, worth, and importance. That's amazing. Okay, but the question remains, well, why did he it, Why did he sow that into our being, hmm. value, worth, and importance? And that's the crossroads. Why did he do it? And that, this depends on your, your view of the, the universe, in a sense. Okay, so are we, is it man-centered or is it God-centered? Hmm. Is it centered on putting value in us and therefore we are worthy? Or is it centered on adding glory to him because he is worthy? And I think the lat- we, we're, we lean toward the latter, okay? We, we are valuable only because God has said so. The, the innate value is not there. 
God has put the value there. Therefore, it is for his purposes. And what is God concerned with more than anything else in the universe? His glory. His glory. Yes. Nailed it. <laughs> his glory. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, if that rubs you the wrong way, consider this. For God to glorify anything above himself or beside himself is idolatry. It is sin. Is God capable of idolatry? No. Is he capable of sin? No. No, he is not. Yes. Three for three. He is the only, <laughs> only one. Yes. In all creation. He's not mm -hmm. even, he's outside of creation. He is the only one who is righteous, just, and hear this, he's rational in wanting his own glory above all else. So good. Okay, if we can resign ourselves to that, because our tendency is, if we're anthropocentric or man-centered, our tendency is to look at that characteristic of God and say, he's vain, he's mm. sinful, he is a tyrant. And that is, that's, that's man-centered, because mm. I'm imposing my sense of human morality onto him when the opposite should be true. I should be submitting myself to his sense of morality, and his sense of morality is the most consistent. Yeah. And that he can say that all of you exist for my glory. Okay, and that, and that, and that's why he created us in his image. Okay. So if we kind of take that, take that hard right turn there, or left, <laughs> I'm just saying like, whatever turn, we're going to take the turn toward it's God-centered. Yes. Whatever direction that is, I'll let you determine. I don't want to have a political bent here. That's what I want to get to. But we're going to turn toward God's glory is the thing that, that we exist for. And therefore, anything we do should result in him being more glorified mm -hmm. as we submit ourselves to his rule and reign in this area of our identities and our likeness and being created in his likeness. Awesome. Okay. Love that. Shall we go? We should probably go because <laughs> okay. we got a lot to cover still. <laughs> but it's a good, it's okay. a solid foundation for where we're at. And we talked about uh, contempt in terms of this, the Gottman article uh, and how they say that this is, this is the biggest indicator and one of the biggest signs that they, they've seen in their 40 years mm. plus of research and um, science work, <laughs> counseling. There <laughs> it is. The there it is. They did the science. Uh, the, yeah. That marriage is in trouble. And they say, I just want to quote one big quote from them that says, why contempt is so destructive and dangerous. Contempt is fueled by long simmering negative thoughts about one's partner. And it arises in the form of an attack on someone's sense of self. Inevitably, contempt leads to more conflict, particularly dangerous and destructive forms mm. of conflict, rather than to reconciliation. It's virtually impossible to resolve a problem when your partner is getting the message that you're disgusted with them and that you're condescending and acting as their superior. So that's why Genesis 1 plays is such a huge piece to this. Because Absolutely. if we see, if I see you, Selena, my wife. As somebody made in the image of God, somebody made to re reflect his glory, somebody of equal value, worth and importance to me mm -hmm. as another person made in the image of God. There is no real way. If I actually see you as that, there's no way I can look on you with a condescending, uh, a long simmering negative thought toward you. Right. I, instead, I see you as somebody God has given to me as a gift, somebody he has endowed Right. With, with value. Right. So, and I think yeah. it's important for us to recognize where it starts. And it really does start in our minds, I believe. I yeah. don't think that's our thoughts are huge, which is why we talked about that last week of how transformation happens in our mind, right? It begins with thoughts. God gives us choice in what thoughts we are going to engage in, what thoughts we are consistently going to believe and mm. allow to rule and like, yeah, lead us in how we love our spouses. Um, <clears throat> Because thoughts, thoughts will lead to language, which lead to behaviors. Right, right, is right. What you're which at. is what we're 
these are kind of under this umbrella of the what we're calling the symptoms, seeds, and signs of contempt. So I want to do was a, Ryan's uh, idea. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do a little bit of back background on the Gottmans, just so this I think has a little bit more value. The Gottmans are a Jewish uh, couple. They're not gospel centered, which we mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Still, their research is immensely valuable, and here's why: their research—they've been doing it for forty years. Right. They they are very um, adept at what they do. But the, it's not just 40 years of just kind of on and off again stuff. They have followed longitudinally a number right. of couples, right? And they've quantified these interviews with them. Yes. And so they've sat down and, and, and they, they can kind of the big thing they're known for is they can with a 95% accuracy or 98% or some 90 something percent right. accuracy, they can determine just from a five minute conversation. That's my, I don't know if it's five minutes or what. I'm just going to say five minute in conversation. In a short amount of time, they can predict whether or not yes. a marriage will be able to last or not. Because they've they've quantified that intro yes. interview with that couple. Then they've watched them over a decade or more right. and they've seen the outcome. Right. And they've on, done this with a, n- a number of couples. Yes. Th- I don't know how thousands or hundreds. The point we're making is it's good research and it's helpful for us if we're wise to right. look at this and and analyze ourselves of course, and then we're here to draw lines between that research and the truths that are already there in the gospel right. so that we can not just change our behavior, but actually inform our beliefs. Absolutely. And their mission is it's their greater mission to reach out to families in order to help create and maintain greater love and health and relationships. It's a good mission. Yeah. It's a good mission. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, it's how we how do we define that, you know, greater love and all that. So anyways, we're going to jump. We're, we're going to get into these symptoms, seeds and signs of contempt that we have um Ryan has come up no, with. No, no, we've hashed through <laughs> yes, these over like, time. It's in parentheses, people. This is how the rundown has gone this morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I was teasing he you. Was teasing. I, was teasing I know, but you. it's just funny. There, so, I deleted it. There. Don't you dare. <laughs> so. so beginning with Rome. So if we looked at that, uh, the quote by the Gottmans of why contempt is so destructive and dangerous, we mm. see that they say negative thoughts about one's partner um, is a big thing. So we're, we're starting with the thoughts and Romans eight talks about life in the spirit and it talks about where we set our minds. Right. Mm. And so we see, it's interesting to see how much God talks about our thoughts and our minds, um, throughout the, the Bible, throughout scripture hmm. and that in light mind and light. Okay. I'm going to just leave it there. Well, um, in, in light of this reality of Genesis one, right. So our minds are meant to reflect the character of, Right. And, and, you know, the character and image of God. Yes. In a lot of ways. And so how do we how do we submit our minds to that? And you have Romans eight in here. Yes. So Romans eight, starting verse five, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So we have, you know, life in the spirit. Romans 8 talks about heirs with Christ, future glory, God's everlasting love. So there's a lot to be covered here. But I think the the biggest thing is really um, highlighting the fact of where our minds are at, where they should be as believers uh, so, and, and he's talking about, you know, negative thoughts about one's partner that lead to conflict, not necessarily reconciliation. So I don't know about you, but I constantly am just not constantly. There's this stewing that happens. There's these imaginary, um, dialogues that happen in my head about you, Ryan, and how you're going to act and respond towards this and how then I'm going to act and respond. Like there's, there's this small 
seed of contempt that begins in my thoughts and it grows when I'm stewing. It grows when I'm assuming and anticipating and pushing you under this like I know he's gonna you know like there's this we talk about the subhumanizing I think of each other yeah and I liked how you said like contempt is disgust and anger that's when you're disgusted with something you look down on it right and if you're angry yeah what was that one that you said that was like anger is like so there is yeah another um another author um, had put psychology today yes he had put contempt on the same continuum as anger and resentment and he said that resentment is is uh, directed toward somebody above you right Anger is directed towards somebody who is on the same plane as you or you see as the same kind of a peer, if you will. Mm-hmm. Resentment, or I'm sorry, contempt, I'm sorry, contempt, <laughs> is is directed at someone below you. Mm. So it's almost like, it's almost, I picture like a a, a pest or a, mm. like a dog that is annoying or or <laughs> somebody that you, you, uh, like, you just disregard just a rat. Like yeah. If a rat came into your bedroom, you would like try to kill it and you would be disgusted with it. Right. And so we can try to, we can tend to subhumanize each other in that way. Yeah. I want to spend a few moments just on this part of Romans because Romans 8 is a pivot, is a pivot in this book. All right. He's laying out all, all the theology in Romans 1 through 7. And then Romans 8 starts with the therefore, right? Which is kind of the therefore based on all this stuff I've said. Right. Here's the reality that we live in. Good. Right. And he said, and therefore now there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So he's laying out the case beforehand why we have salvation in Christ mm-hmm. and why that is a firm foundation for our lives. And he's saying, here's how this should play out for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. Mm. So I think the first step here is recognizing that we need God's help. In this, if our minds are to be renewed, if our minds are to be um, set on firm on firm ground and seeing each other in light of God's view, Absolutely. not our own, yeah. we need God's help because the flesh could not satisfy the law. We can't satisfy the law on our on our own. And so this is the part that gets me. It says, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and hmm. for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit for those who live according to the flesh set their minds and that's what that's the part right. that you read. so we are setting our minds on the things of the spirit setting our minds right. fixing our minds so there's agency there we talked about that last week right there's, well this is go ahead there's agency in choosing what we the, the 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 thoughts that we take captive the thoughts that we behold the thoughts that we dwell on use the word stewing right the way that we do we just go into whatever mental rut we're used to? Yeah. And if we do that, we're headed down a fleshly path. Mm-hmm. We talked about how fleshly uh, thinking is really a f- literally fleshly thing and that right. there's neural pathways and things. And it takes self-discipline that is born of the Holy Spirit right. to we, break out of those. I think some of the thought patterns we might see is is just, again, this idea of superiority and like subhumanizing each other. And then we also, for me, I tend to expect the worst, like that's just my tendency like oh he's gonna do this i know he's gonna do that or he's gonna hate when i you always use that word hate like he's gonna hate this (laughs) i don't like that that's a very strong word in our house but in my head it happens and that's that should be a uh, an identifier for me i think in some ways of like oh we're we're going somewhere we don't know i have to pull the reins back a little bit right like i don't actually know if this is how he's going to respond or or whatnot you know so anticipating 
falsely wow. is not good for my heart. I think that speaks to kind of the, the fictitious nature of some of these thought processes, right? So we tend to fix fixate on a fictitious caricature, or we use the word subhuman or right. dehuman version of our spouse. Right. We, and what I mean by that is it's fictitious because it's departed from the reality that God has set forth for yes. us. Yes. And again, human-centered. Right. God I was centered. just going to say that. I feel like you're, the whole Romans 8, just the context yeah. of it all, very much leads us into the understanding that we are not the center. We are not the, the place for glory. God is. Mm, and yeah. this is how we are learning to submit and walk in that. Um, so naturally, our thoughts are going to mm. bring about the words that come out of our mouths. Like, Sorry, I want to pause again because you hit, <laughs> you just, you, you tickle it. <laughs> Can I say that? You're the, the brakes on the podcast. I'm like gas, but you're, this is funny. It's just funny to me. Well, okay. But you said that God no, is the, the one who deserves glory, not us. Yes. Okay. So if we have this sense of indign- indignation toward each other and we want justice, yeah. we feel like we've been wronged. We talked about how the feelings of self-righteousness, mm-hmm. righteous anger comes from the same pleasure centers of the brain that like you I get from that. entertainment or mm-hmm. you get from eating good food or you get from even sex in some cases. That, that righteous anger, I'm right. I, this feels good to express this. Mm. Okay. The tendency is to want that because it feels good because it's, in a sense, it's glorifying ourselves. But if we don't exist mm. for our own glory, for our own life satisfaction, we exist for something bigger, for God's glory. Mm. We are instruments in the glory of God. Hello, Genesis 3. Wanting to be like God, right? Yes. Like- <laughs> the fall. Yes. And so this, this is all reminiscent. This yes. is all reminiscent of the fall. Yep. Just- and so and when we don't submit our thoughts to ways that are fixed on the purpose of us being glorifiers of God, mm. when we don't say that is not glorifying, I am, I am here to glorify God and God alone. Right. So that's when we can then pivot by the grace of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can say, no. This thought's bad. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> this thought's bad. You're thinking of Will Ferrell on The Office when he's grabbing. Like, like, Give me back that dog right now. <laughs> um, or but, you say no to the cake. <laughs> yes. Sorry, <laughs> that's I a don't way mean better reference. Like... So when we say no to ourselves, we are we are basically <laughs> submitting ourselves to the will of God, and that will is to glorify himself. Selena, get back Jeremetrius. on the rails. Jeremetrius, that's just the name. <laughs> D'Angelo Jeremetrius Vickers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I never do that, but when I, his name. You never just, do that. Okay. <laughs> so, so talking about language, talking about language, what does contempt look like? And we, we looked at each other, we're like, what would this look like in our marriage? Like, what does it look like? For a married couple to have contemptuous it got, it language. Too, it was too easy to come up with examples. <laughs> <laughs> well, one that the Gottmans used is, you know, it usually manifests itself in words, through our words and communication, right? Because there's thoughts that have been stewing, that we've been entertaining, that have been consistent. And then it comes out, obviously, in our words, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So we haven't had sex in months. What are you too busy flirting with that guy at work? Why don't you just marry him instead, right? There's that You hear that and you're like, oh my goodness, like there's some deep deep things happening well, right what now. You, what you see there is there's a complete uh, lack of charity yes. in your thought life and that you are saying in charity, there's lack of charity in your argumentation. You're saying we haven't had sex in months. What are you just 
that's like I'm up here, you're down here. You're right. just too busy flirting with that guy at work, aren't you? Because right. I'm this moral superior to you. And hey, that's probably clearly in a lot of I cases, see not what's happening and you don't, right? right? And there's this this you're you're attacking that person's sense of self, right? You're talking down to them. Mm. I mean, in some in and, some nature. Oh, good. And sorry, I keep this is just a hot topic. Why don't you, you just interrupt? Marry, why don't you just marry him? That's <laughs> one of them, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just marry him instead? Hmm. What is that other like? You're basically you're discarding this this thing that God's created, which is marriage, covenant. this covenant, and, and you're dis, you're discarding it because. Why? Because you're man-centered. You're saying that your pleasure, your your glory, your happiness is higher than than trusting this this other way. So therefore, go marry him instead. Fine. I don't care about this covenant. I don't care about you. All I care about is what I want. So I'm seeing you mm. with contempt. You're not giving me what I want because my centers, my world is centered around me. Therefore, everything else can die on the altar of my God, which is me. Right. And they do circle back about this because I want to be careful. We're going, we're, we're saying a lot of things here. We're adding a lot to it. Yeah. <laughs> but they do circle back in, in how are we, what are, what's a way that you could rephrase this frustration, basically this contempt that you're feeling? How can you communicate that in a way that is clear and loving? And they do say, you know, why don't... Describe what you're feeling and about hmm. the situation. Avoid using you statements. So saying I'm feeling I'm jumping around for a minute, but yep. instead of saying that, how can we say you can say I'm feeling neglected sexually. I need physical connection. Can we talk about how to make that happen? So it works for both of us. Is it easy to think that clearly when you're in the heat of the frustration? Not not usually. Right. But the more that we start, I think making that a habit of okay i'm gonna That's i'm good. gonna pivot i'm gonna turn i have a choice here i can i can just throw this and be contempt be full of contempt is that right yeah. <laughs> um not held in contempt full of contempt <laughs> throw that in my in my spouse's face because i'm hurting or i can take a step back and i can realize that these are real feelings they don't i don't need to invalidate myself they don't need to be invalid these are real things that are i'm feeling that have been going on in my heart i'm going to bring them to my spouse without all the the hurt and heated like passion and just say this is how i'm feeling these are some things that i'm struggling with right mm. so i don't want to jump ahead but this is the language i want to i want people to know there's a way to communicate this and yeah. the contempt comes through talking down to each other through being you know self-centered basically through calling names you know okay i don't want to list through this too quickly because i want to be very clear Th these are seeds and signs of contempt and symptoms yeah. okay so as we list through these uh, ask yourself, listener, mm -hmm. is this something that is kind of peaked up over the surface mm -hmm. in our marriage? It's good. And we've seen this in our marriage. So the first one is um, uh, talking down, like you said, talking down to each other. Right. And this is something that we struggle, I struggle with because I can be very impatient. And that impatience makes me uh, talk Creates down. a lot of assumptions. And then yeah. a lot of, we just had a big argument about it before we recorded this and I had to pray. I had to pray with my wife and ask God to help me. Um, and people always call me out on it. So thank you for that listeners. <laughs> and so I, we can't talk and, and to be, uh, to be balanced. So you do talk down to me at times when I'm slow to the table and I can't figure <laughs> stuff out. You could talk or if like it's with it's the kids, true. you can kind of, because you're with them more than I am during the day. And I, I come in and I'm like trying to help and you're, you'll talk down to me. So I think this goes both ways. For sure. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's truth to it. Yes, so of course. That's obviously. a big one. Name calling. <laughs> Sorry. Obviously. Just, <laughs> obviously I'll just reel that back in. Sorry. 
So the <laughs> next one I really want to draw attention to is name calling as a sign of contempt. So listener, if you've called your spouse by a name, I'm thinking of any number of, of four letter you words. Just call them a name. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you've, I mean, we, we don't call, we don't, by calling someone a name other than their own name, there's a lot to be said about someone's name that's been given to them. It's been assigned to them by their parents. It has meaning. And now you're, you're calling by a derogatory term or pejorative term. Uh, that's, that's a big problem. And so I just don't want to gloss over that. No, you want to draw, you want to show the weight of what it, what it is. Right. Or but. if you're, if you're talking about your spouse and you're saying, oh, she's such a, right. Or he is such a beep beep. Right. <laughs> Or whatever that thing is that that you know whatever that tendency is, just know that that's that's a very bad sign. Yeah. And ask God to help you with that, and ask God to kind of change that vocabulary and to change that tendency in your own heart. Um, by God's grace, we've not done a lot of name calling. I think you've called me a few choice names in the past, but I could probably count. As them. you deserve. No, I'm kidding. I could probably count them on seventeen hands. <laughs> <laughs> Who's counting? Who's counting? Love keeps no track of wrong. That, records of wrong that doesn't seem like the verse it's selena's revised version <laughs> that's what that is the srb <laughs> okay so name calling uh, uh, big big red red flag would you call fruit the next one would be fruitless fighting would you call that bickering or would you is there a difference between no. fruitless fighting what's an example of that well if you keep having the same fight over and over again and you, there's no fruit from it i mean and fruit being meaning not just outcomes but fruit that is actually nourishing fruit that really resembles the Holy Spirit at work. Mm. So if you continue to come back to this, oh, this, this, this merry-go-round, this Ferris wheel, whatever this fight is, and you always end up back at square one and you just kind of wait until the next round and the next round and there's fruitlessness, that is indicative of something in your hearts. And what do I mean by that? Somebody's not listening. Someone's not talking. Mm. Right? Either, either someone's no, just, not yeah. communicating the right thing because there's this debt <laughs> or there. both both things are happening right. at the same time i th no i'm just thinking of like uh, some of i think there's a difference i guess i'm trying to outline the difference of we are on this merry-go-round versus we god is allowing this to happen again so that we can i mean i think he is i think there is some thing to be said about walking through something a few times uh-huh um, so what's the difference there i guess would you say well we fight for reconciliation okay so when we fight there it is Good job. As Christians, I'm not saying you and me, we, we're not perfect in this. But no, I'm no, no. As, but as believers, when we fight, it's for an end in mind. It's not to win. Right. It's to be reconciled to that person, to be reconciled to God, to in turn, again, God-centered to glorify him. Not to be happier, to glorify God, because God has glorified so and reconciled good. relationships. So fruitless fighting is an indication of some, some root problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just a red flag. We could talk about that for a whole episode. By the way, we've talked about how to <laughs> de-escalate fights. <laughs> I think de-escalating right. fights was, I think, last week or the week before. Yeah. Um, so go back and check that out if you haven't heard it. Yeah. Next one is mocking. Mocking. Mocking and sarcasm. I'd put those Mock. in the same. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You can always drop Dumb and Dumber references. That's fun. Just, it's sunny out. I'm happy. So I think of mocking in terms of like a playground, right? So kids mock each other. They make fun of each other. They're sarcastic toward each other. Why? Because they don't understand this stuff. Right. As adults, we should understand that mocking is a debasing of someone's yeah. worth as a person. When you say, and I'm mocking the way you do something, yeah. that's not healthy. And it's, it start, it's 
there's a sense of disgust within a mocking. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You're, and it's obviously there's a superior superiority like right. complex happening there. Um, and I think closely related to this one would be sarcasm as well, right? It's mm-hmm. almost right, almost yeah. identical. Yeah. But the sarcasm piece, um, you oh gosh, you said something earlier about it, and that it was like you either like subscribe, you either b- actually believe that about the person, or hmm. you. I can't even remember what you said. Interesting. I don't remember saying anything like that. <laughs> it was really good. Anyways, <laughs> okay. you are. We have never been big fans of sarcasm. It's a low so, form of humor. Yeah, it's uh, some. It's always at somebody's expense, and there's always probably some in sad truth to it, right? Like that's very hurtful. <laughs> some sad. Tr- I just think of Gabe. <laughs> Everything's a sad truth with Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe on the office. Gabe Lewis. So, I mean, I get it. There's a sense. There are friends of mine that I really enjoy, like a, a good sarcastic banter we call it being glib with one another i really enjoy it but at some point it's got to break down you have to kind of like give way to the affection and it's not something that's healthy i think between a married couple in general i would say no it's not healthy i mean we have our moments of but it's poking fun i wouldn't say it's like sarcasm is is when you're poking fun truly at the expense of someone else when you're (laughs) the only one laughing yeah if you're the only one laughing in a joke it's probably sarcasm yeah um or just terrible humor which i have plenty of that too or it's a dad joke right i get it (laughs) I, so, hey, I, got a, I got a dad joke for you real quick. What's brown and sticky? Gross. I don't even. A stick. <laughs> but I'm. <laughs> dad joke. That's a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, feel free to use that. License free. <laughs> I got it from a friend of mine. Okay. The final one. We'll, we'll, the final piece of language is these just hurtful statements. Okay. So uh, we always say uh, we never use the D word, not even as a joke. Like, we'll just get a divorce. Or I know. Like, I don't even like mentioning it on the podcast, to be honest. I've been trying to steer well, away from that. It's like scorched earth. It I really feel like is. that word is like, it's like the atomic bomb in every marriage uh, because clearly the, a divorce exists for one reason, to split up a marriage. Right. So why would you ever joke about it? Or using hurtful statements like, I'm only with you because of the kids. Mm. As soon as the kids are gone, I'm out. Or I'm only with you because I'm too old to find someone else. Or anything like that that are just hurtful, right? Or like you're just you're just like your mom, Ooh. you're just like your dad, or you, you sense the contempt in there, right? 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 So these are I all just, signs. I yeah. didn't want to overlook that we didn't look at <laughs> Ephesians four. Yes, um, that's good. Verse fifteen, I think, was where it says, "Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ." Uh, for whom the whole body is joined together. So this was talking about um, like unity in the body of Christ and mm. Ephesians and Paul's writing to the Ephesians, obviously, the Church of Ephesus, mm. um, and talking to them about, uh, let's see, equipping the saints and how we, because we are, we're, we're knowing God, we're being mature, we're, we're learning to be mature in the things of Christ so that we are not like children tossed back and forth from the waves, which he says are, are every wind of doctrine, human cunning, craftiness, and deceitful schemes. So, <clears throat> excuse me, that saying, that rather speaking the truth in love yeah. is an outpouring, I think, of some spiritual maturity. And if we're not speaking the truth in love, that might be the sign of the other side of the spectrum. Uh, with hurtful statements mm. and talking down to one another. It's just an honest assessment of how the Holy Spirit is not, we've not allowed him room to work in our hearts and grow us spiritually, yeah. right? There's this contempt, there's sin, there's something there right. that is, is is causing that growth to not happen. There's better words for that. I just can't think of it right now. So I wanted to get to the... Stunt that growth. There it is. 
There you go. Got it. I wanted to get underneath this text a little bit and say, okay, what, what, what is Paul saying when he says speaking the truth? What is speaking? What is truth? Mm. What, what, what are the, that, that just, we can so easily gloss over that. I come to find out there's a Greek word underneath there. It's, I'm going to start to say aletheu. Uh, no, aletheuo <laughs> is how you say it, I think. And the, the point of the, is actually to speaking the truth is one word. It's to literally, it's literally, it means to truth, hmm. to be truthing someone to I'm truthing you. Meaning that we use the word in our kind of circles at home as we gospel each other hmm. or remind each other of the truth in the gospel. And that's, and that's what Paul's saying is you're truthing your spouse. Mm. You're riding that ship. The, another one is it includes spirit led. This is, this comes from um, a word study that I, I'm reading. It says includes spirit led confrontation where it is vital to tell the truth. So others can live in God's reality rather than personal illusion. Okay. Mm. That rings a bell. God's reality rather than personal illusion. If we have a God centered view of the universe, his reality is, is a glory. That's all about him. Mm. Personal illusion it's an illusion. It's not a truth. Mm-hmm. Is that it's all about my glory? Mm. Okay, so there's that contrast. So when I'm truthing someone in love, I'm truthing you in love, using that word very awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm going to truth you in love, I'm going to speak truth to you in love. It, the end in mind is to align, help to help align you with God's reality and uh, get you out of a personal illusion. Mm. Now, again, a reconciliation to God's a reconciliation, truth, right? Now, and all kinds of each other there's all kinds of nuance there <laughs> there's all kinds of nuance there because uh, you can think that you're truthing someone and all you're doing is self-righteousing them. them yeah self-righteousing <laughs> them there it is nice and you're just Ba-dum. you're just basically like cramming their face in, in the mud <laughs> and saying like isn't that mud dirty <laughs> i'm using that example because yeah, yeah. you're saying like you're in the mud and let me show you how dirty the mud is right well, truthing is like a, it's like a calling someone out of it, not shoving their face into it. Right. Calling someone out of it. Let's take a few steps love. back. Yes. Let's, let's together, let's look at this and mm-hmm. what, what maybe you're seeing or maybe what I'm seeing that you're not seeing. And let's do this together and let's lovingly work towards reconciliation around what God is saying around the things of God and how we mm. can experience those things. And that. His desires and his goodness is greater than the goodness that we could produce for ourselves and in our own minds, right? Which is the second part of that, which is speaking the truth in love. However, in in love, so we should grow up into him in all things who is the head, Christ. Mm. So the, that's the end in mind, is that we grow up into being more Christ-like. So good. So it is um, good. The hurtful statement, did you talk about that? Oh, yeah, yeah you did. I'm sorry. Life. I was looking at God's word. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I was just reading the Bible. Four, so, which, e- e- sorry, go ahead. No, no, no I, I, go ahead. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 also takes us into uh, the next sign and habits and symptom. No, I just said it. The, s- the signs, seeds, and symptoms of contempt, which is our last one, which is habits. So basically like actions. So we started with thoughts, right? Everything kind of originates. Thoughts are where it all, it all kind of begins. Right. And then it forms into our language and then it comes out of our like our hands right our actions and our habits and things that we do over time ephesians 4 uh 1 just real quick says i therefore a prisoner for the lord this paul talking urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness with patience bearing with one another Mm. in love eager to maintain the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace so there's another therefore moment Mm -hmm. just like we saw in romans 8 
therefore it's a pivot. Okay. So mm. Ephesians one, Ephesians four doesn't exist in a vacuum. Right. It exists after Ephesians one through three. And so it's important for us to kind of always root ourselves in those earlier truths, which are basically what we're saying is that we are created for God's glory. Right. We are sinners in need of a savior and we have him in Christ. There is one God. There is one gospel. That's what the first part of Ephesians is all about. And so when he says, therefore, let us do these things, mm. he's saying in light of these truths. Yeah. Okay. So again, if so these good. habits are here, Amen. we're not saying just fix your habits. We're saying... <laughs> You, you misunderstand something, friend. You misunderstand who God is. You misunderstand what the gospel means for you. And until you understand those things, you will not bear the fruit of it. So good. I'm sorry. I'm just sitting here like, man, I wish I would have known this years yeah, ago. Me too. God is good, though. He's still and so, still good. I, I'm reading the study Bible, and it says that if we don't read Ephesians 4 in light of Ephesians 1 through 3, mm-hmm. then we risk just kind of this empty, baseless, shallow. human mor- like moralism. Yes. Like meaning that I will just earn my way into this bearing fruit. And, and in essence, we're stapling fruit on the tree right. instead of growing it from the health that is in and our again, roots. And again, we've already pivoted at the beginning of the episode, right? We've already made that turn that we are going to be God-centered and not human-centered. It's about God's glory, not our own. Yes. Therefore, we submit to him. We don't try to fix the system. So what are these habits <laughs> of contempt? Contemptment? It sounds like contentment. Contemptuousness. Contemptuousness yeah. uh, look like in our in a marriage, right? So it's these are the actions that are over, overflowing from our thought life and our heart orientation towards mm. you know God and our spouse. Yeah. So uh, interrupting is one of those things. I am a big interrupter in our conversations, and I think I have been, and I that's something I work on as a person because I'm so excited about the truth that I see happening in a person's problem and conversation <laughs> that I'm like, oh, you know what? I got to tell you this. Like, I'm so, I get so excited. That's literally. There's that part of it. But there's also the part early on, which is expecting and expecting not the worst, but expecting that, you know, the outcome. Right. There is, well, right. And it, it's. How many times do I say during the week? Can I finish? <laughs> 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 no, but yeah, but there is interrupting you that I think is kind of founded in your friendship and familiarity. Right. But there's an, there, it can be misinterpreted though as a self-righteousness, right? And a it superiority, can. like, let me just show you this good truth that will fix you. Right. It's, it's very, it can be misconstrued, I think, as again, self-righteousness, prideful and like miss, what is it? Um, Misinterpretation. Min- no? Minimizing kind of the. Minimizing the problem or what the feelings of another person. Yeah. Yeah. So interrupting is a big habit. And again, habit means an action, but I would say an action repeated over time. Absolutely. That overflow from our thought life and our, and our heart orientation toward God and and our language. That's what I meant. So interrupting (laughs) the next one is uncharitable argumentation, right? And what we mean by that, we talked about this last time in the podcast, but when we, when we lack charity with each other, we don't, uh, we're not exercising First Corinthians 13, which is love hopes all things. Mm. It, it, Bears all things. It's weird because in the NIV version, someone commented on Facebook on this and it gave me an opportunity to clarify in my own mind. The NIV version says love trusts all. But the, the word underneath that is actually better translated as it hopes in all things, meaning that it's hoping the best for each other. Man, those translations. No, it's a big deal. Yeah. So that's why we read one versus the other. And they, they, they have strengths and weaknesses, Oops. so charity there. Right. But with charity with each other, meaning that I'm hoping for the best of you. I'm not just trying to be right. I'm not just trying to squash you. But the habit in an argument or in talking is to be, ch- if, if I'm uncharitable, that's a big red flag. Right. 
the other flip side is if I'm charitable towards you, then there's going to be life on the other side of that talk. Right. And I think that's something I personally struggle with is allowing you that space in my mind and in my heart. Like when I see what you're doing, I want to quickly interpret it. And I feel like the Lord's been like, pump the brakes, Selena. Is this really what he's trying to say? Is he, does he really not care about you? Does he really not love you? Does he really, are these things that you're going to believe and act on? Are these the things that you want to say your next words about? And it's like, okay, wait, hold on. Let me think. And thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Help me discern. Another good example is I'll come, I work in the office above our garage. And so I'll come downstairs and, you know, sometime near dinner time. And sometimes you're not super nice because you've been dealing with the kids and it's that witching hour where they're just like whiny and screaming and disobedient. We're all in the witching hour because <laughs> and, we're all tired. And you're tired. We all just need a break. And I'm coming down and I just come trotting down the stairs. And Selena will say something like, you know, maybe it's not as nice as I would have hoped. And I can choose at that moment to be charitable towards you instead of being like, I've been working all day and you've been blah, blah, blah or whatever. I can say, you know what? She doesn't mean to be mean. She's just a lot's going on. I can help her in this way. Let me be gracious toward her. Let me extend patience Which and typically grace. ends up in disarming me and I become apologetic right. and hmm. it's all just his big scheme to get me down. No, I'm kidding. But it, God's <laughs> truth is is he leads us in his kindness and his gentleness, right? He leads us in his, his love and his charity towards us. And he, he calls us to him in those ways, not necessarily yeah. like bringing down the fire, right? He's mm. clear about consequences, but that is not, I think, his heart motivation. Is well, that a big thing to say? Well, God's heart motivation is his own glory. As right. we talked. Okay. So when Sorry. he draws us unto himself, it is for his glory, whatever Rewind it takes, mm-hmm. whatever it takes to get his glory. And in many cases, he knows that he's we're sheep God. and yeah. he's a good loving God and he's going to love us into glorifying oh, him. Man. And so I can also glorify him and you can glorify him by being charitable toward each other because yeah. that's going to bring reconciliation. It's going to be, it's going to be submitting ourselves to his word and being patient and loving, just like Ephesians four is saying here. <sighs> Again, not out of a base kind of moralism, but because yep. of the gospel. So we need to kind of move through these quicklier. Yeah. Quicklier. Okay, two more. There's a word. Two more under <laughs> under Quick. habits. Yes. <laughs> if you tend to avoid quality interactions with each other, meaning that there's just your roommates, you're not really yeah. spouses and friends, that's a big red flag. Another one is scoffing at each other and dismiss, being quick to dismiss each other. Right. Um, and th- these all kind of intertwine, but scoffing is like uh, kind of just pff, whatever. Like you yeah. don't... Whatever, like you're saying what you're saying and you're off in left field and you are completely nuts. And I don't even, I'm not even going to give you the, 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 the benefit of the doubt or even the time of day in terms of this argument, because I'm just going to scoff at you and turn the other way. Scoff at you. Well, I mean, I will scoff. It's a biblical (laughs) term. I know. I know. Look it up. I know. Uh, I think it's good. It's helpful to know what scoffing is (laughs) (laughs) because, well, okay. Sorry, sidebar. Oh, no. Romans 1. Oh, no, we don't have time for this. <laughs> Romans 1 lists out all these sins, but it also talks about sitting in the seat of scoffers. It's mm. good. Come on. because God's word. We can easily point the finger at other people's sins, but like sitting in the seat of scoffers yeah. is is a serious thing. So, so anyway. we are going to move into the tangible tools for uprooting seeds of contempt because this is kind of a, a really, I think it'll be really helpful um, and the Gottmans have plenty of tools. I think this is one of their biggest ones of that has been helpful for us. And we're going to put a little fierce marriage, I think, twist on it. But your history, they say when you're in these moments of contempt, one of the biggest ways to kind of get out of it uh, is is have doing an oral history report about your 
marriage, about your relationship, hmm. which is kind of how we started the episode of like, you know, you remember some of the good times and the happy times. But I think also the biggest part, if we're living in light of the gospel and in light of God's bigger purpose and his design for marriage, we're not only going to talk about the good times, but we're also going to talk about those hard struggles and those past moments where it was felt like darkness was heavy and how the Lord brought us out of it for his glory, for our good and unified mm. and knit our hearts together in a, in a deeper way that we were not living in prior to that mm. trial or that struggle. And good. so that's where I would take that next step. Um, another way to combat, you know, these seeds of contempt is, is intentionality. We talk about it. It's right. funny. The Gottmans actually have a six second kiss. We have a 15 second kiss. Nine so. seconds better. <laughs> <laughs> um, they also talk about like having a, a, a conversation of like gratitude, like spend five minutes just thanking your, each other, like thanking your spouse. Yeah. And for us, I think this really is just remembering the bigger picture, remembering the gospel that Jesus loves. Jesus's love helps us love each other. It motivates, it inspires, it, it shows us how we can love each other better. First John four nineteen, like we love because he first loved us. Yeah. So there's greater purpose in our trials than just simply overcoming, right? The, the, mm. God would make us holy. He would allow sanctification to happen in our lives, in our marriage, working it for ultimately again his good and his glory in Romans eight twenty eight. Romans eight, man, it's just fire. It is. So Hallmark chapter, that one. There's yeah, there's a few quick tools that I think are very valuable for us to look at of remembering uh, remembering yeah. one, but I, I would look at it like this. One is looking backward. The other one's looking forward. One is looking back at what God has done and the other is looking forward at what he can and will do and okay. wants to do. And the purpose, that, right the purpose that he's about. Okay. And that, you know what? We could do a whole nother episode on God's call to his people to remember yeah. his works because we're prone to forget. We are prone to forgetting. We're yeah. prone to forgetting purpose. We're prone to forgetting the miracles we've witnessed in our own lives. And if you're honest with yourself, you've witnessed miracles. Yes. I mean, in terms of just how it's a miracle that we're even uttering the name of Jesus Christ. Mm. That is a work of the Holy Spirit, which in my book is a miracle. Right. So, uh, which I want to yeah. leads us to a, conver a couple's conversation challenge is just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you identify seeds of contempt that might be trying to yeah. take root in your heart and your about your spouse, your marriage, and then talk to each other. So pray and ask the Holy Spirit, like, God, examine my heart, know my anxious thoughts, oh. know the depths of me. Hmm. And we can say that in hope and confidence, knowing that God loves us, that His it's all about his glory, but he's not leaving us to our own devices to get it, I guess. is He is leading us. He is glorified. He, he is glorified, but he's not going to leave us behind. I don't want to. He is glorified in our human flourishing. Yes. He is glorified in that because that's how he designed humans to flourish. Thank you. And so yes. when we reflect, when we flourish, he, so one of the, our guests, Matt Jacobson, talked about how the enemy loves fruitlessness mm. and God loves fruitfulness mm -hmm. and he will make us fruitful because he's glorified in that. An apple tree glorifies God when it bears apples. Mm. That's what it was designed to do. He designed it to do that. When they do that, he's glorified. So good. We are, glorif we, we are glorifying to God when we bear fruit as well. So, so good. Pray for good. him. Pray for the Holy Spirit to help you bear fruit. So good. In these areas. Um, that's your couple's conversation challenge. Pray together. Yeah. Hold hands. Pray out loud. Pray for each other. Then talk. Yep. Okay. Let's, uh, let's pray. Selena, do you want to pray? <laughs> sure. Please. <laughs> God, thank you so much for your wisdom, for your goodness. Thank you for showing, directing our hearts on how we can glorify you, Father. Give us clarity, Holy Spirit, in these areas. Help us to communicate slowly, 
to listen, to not walk hastily or speak hastily, God, but to pause and to allow for your spirit to be at work in our hearts, in Mm -hmm. our minds. Holy Spirit, transform our thoughts. We love you, God, in your name. Amen. Amen, God. This is uh, this is for your glory, mm-hmm. and I'm so thankful for that reality that it's not about our glory; it's about His, right? And Amen. so that's a wonderful, beautiful, relaxing truth, and we can just resign ourselves to the fact that He is the point, yeah. not us. Yeah. Our marriage, in our marriage, He is the point, so good. not us. And there's much ah relief in that. Yes. So anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is... In the can. Thank you so much for joining us one more time for the Fierce Marriage Podcast. If you feel compelled, we would be honored to partner with you via patreon.com slash fierce marriage. And we would, uh, there's bonuses there for you, but more than anything, you can be a part of what God is doing in hearts and minds of married couples around the world. And uh, yeah, we'd love to join you in that. So uh, as always, we will see you in about seven days. Um, Until next time. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Mm